What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Never Made Varsity, the new limited series coming to you on Disney+. Plus. My name is Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. My name is A. Rivera, and I've also been cast in The Eternals by Marvel. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at DRivera1222. Hi, I'm one Sunburnt Ginger. You can find me on Twitter at Heartbreak underscore underscore kid. Hey, y'all. I'm one sore and tired boy. Uh, and you can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. I am also sunburnt. I guess wow. second time in my life. Like, it's bad. That was not ginger friendly. Right, Colby? It was not. It was very much not ginger friendly. It wasn't anybody friendly, apparently. It was so hot on Saturday. Y'all, let's just go ahead and do let's, it. Sure. Let's just go just, ahead and talk just about. Go heels. Go America. Spoiler alert. The Mac is freaking back. Return I just decided to light up my room blue like the bell tower. I don't know if y'all <laughs> look at me. I can tell you. Stop stealing states' ideas, Aaron. <laughs> you can't say survive in advance, and you can't light up anything in your school colors. <laughs> so, the yeah, we're just going to start talking about uh, the thing that we were supposed to talk about. We are happy. This is the first time we've ever done like a genuinely happy, optimistic UNC football segment. It's been so long. It's been 84 years. <laughs> In the history of this podcast, we have never been hopeful for Carolina football. <laughs> but Colby Carolina... Waddell tweeted, color me impressed, which means we're going undefeated. <laughs> we're going to the Rose Bowl. I mean, just just go ahead and book it. Just like in Django Unchained where he's like, you had my curiosity, but now you have my attention. <laughs> <laughs> UNC football beat South Carolina 24 to 20. And I did not see that coming. Well, I don't think I mean, many of us saw that coming, to be honest. I mean, after watching the first three quarters, did anybody? I mean, that looked like every single season opener against a Power 5 opponent that we've ever had for the first three quarters. And then just – it just didn't. And I'm happy. Well, here's the thing. It did look like that, but then – so at the game at least. So Maverick, Aaron, and I were there. David was at home, I'm assuming, unless he went out somewhere. But while we were in the stadium, they would, like, flash up on the scoreboard, like, the stats for the game. And every time they showed the stats for the game, Carolina was leading in every single statistical category. Whether it felt like it or not, everything is at points – from the f- first quarter on, Carolina was leading in yards, time of possession, which is how you know it was a new era. Carolina I know, football. right? We were leading in rushing yards, passing yards, first downs, everything. It yeah, on the- paper, we destroyed them. Yeah. So, I don't know, Aaron, what did you see? I know that you're going to get mad at me, Colby, but I think it was the M word. I was going to say the exact same thing. I, I also, but. I've said it to about 20 different people. I don't want to take credit for it, but I was the drum major for the fourth quarter, and when I got on the ladder, we went on a 15-0 run to win the game. So Hold on to those moments, because when y'all start losing when you're on the podium and they call for your head to get off the podium, you hold <laughs> on to those good moments. Yeah, I mean, I might have peaked as a drum major in week one, but it was pretty awesome. Worth it. Here's yes, how exactly. I will counter the momentum. 
the South Carolina was playing with a very restricted playbook for the first three quarters, and they could. We were missing tackles, and they were getting plenty of rushing yards off of it. They did not have to throw the ball much, and they did not have to throw the ball very far. Jake Bentley, as a quarterback, has been hit or miss for South Carolina, but his biggest thing is that he was mistake-prone. When South Carolina actually had to open up their playbook and run something, that's when we started seeing the mistakes start to happen for South Carolina. And one of my keys to the game, when I tweeted out, was for South Carolina to make mistakes. When South Carolina actually had to do something, something creative, that is when Carolina started to take advantage. And that's when we saw some of the defense that we've been hearing about um, since training camp. And quite frankly, I mean, listen, say what you will about the score, but the first score that they had was uh, a missed tackle by Chaz Surratt. The second one was a blown coverage by the cornerback. In all, in like the grand scheme of things, Jay Bateman's defense did a fantastic job. I mean, the tackling was hit, well, like y'all said, the tackling was really subpar, but I think that's fixable. I think the scheme is, is working. My favorite thing was we had blitzers. We blitzed. And everybody, yeah. anybody and everybody on the defensive end could blitz. And that's what I really liked about the packages that Jay Bateman brought. And it put a lot of pressure on Jake Bentley. And so we ended up getting a lot of stops on crucial plays. Very much a bend but don't break kind of defense, it seems like, which I'm very excited for. Because I mean, even yeah, that first I think drive, that's the exact way to put it. Because that first they're drive, right. they march like 70 yards. And I'm like, oh, crap, they're going to score. And then we hold them to a field goal. That's a win. And that happened a lot of times later in the game, too, especially in the fourth quarter. We would give up a couple big plays, like that one major pass interference, or when they rattled off the long punt return. And I got that feeling in my stomach where I was like, oh, God, it's happening again. Here we go. Yeah. Then only for and the defense just, to step up and still stop them. Yeah. Our defensive pressure from the front seven was fantastic the entire game and i think that made a really big difference i mean yeah. the big stat really is that they allowed 273 yards total for the game which is the lowest they've allowed since 2013 a big difference i've noticed from last year is there was so much more energy at the end of the game and i think that's two-part uh, energy on defense. One, like I said earlier, time of possession. We won time of possession. The defense had plenty of time to sit down and rest. We were going on long, like, five-minute drives. We had, in the fourth quarter, two drives that were 95-plus yards, and they both took a good chunk of time. That was time the defense was sitting there not having to do anything, right? So I think that, along with a new strength and conditioning coach, um, changing up some of the methods from last year really helped us at the end of the game. Well, y'all remember last year, like all of those issues of, okay, the defense is keeping us in this game. The offense needs to string something together to give them a break or they're going to be gassed by the fourth. And we never did it. And the defense was always gassed by the fourth, which is why we always gave up those fourth quarter leads. I mean, y'all know how it went. You saw it like I did. I felt like this year, we took our time. We put together long drives. We established a run game, which, by the way, our running backs are ridiculous. Like, all three could probably be starting anywhere. And the fact that we have all three of them on one team is fantastic. Um, so all of these things put together, uh, I feel like, really helped us out. Just But more specifically, 
giving our defense a break between drives. We've been blessed with running back coalitions. You got to think we had Elijah Hood, TJ Logan, and Romar Morris as a three tandem running back. Now we have Javante Williams, Antonio Williams, and Michael Carter. Uh, so, I mean, the law firm. Especially in the second half. Yes, I did see that quote by Matt. But, the law firm. Yeah, Williams, Williams, and Carter. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what it was, especially in the second half, it was different from the first half where we were just running them up the gut and then just getting stopped for short yardage. But in the second half, we were just attacking their weaknesses. And, I mean, our line did a lot better with blocking, I would say, in the second half. And so all they would do, they would put one of them in, they would have a big run, then they would just shuffle in the next one, and they would also get a big run. Yeah, the offensive line, for as much as everyone was worried about them going into this game, not necessarily because of talent, just that it's hard for an offensive line that hasn't played together often. Uh, There were not many combined starts on this offensive line, and they held up really well. Uh, Gave up three sacks, but other than that, the run blocking was good enough for running backs to make something of it and at the end of the game Sam Howell had a clean pocket to operate from and I don't think there's much more you can ask for and then I guess that's a good segue on to probably the star of the game in his first ever college football game and that is Sam Howell our true freshman quarterback who had edged out the competition of Jace Reuter and Cade Fortin to start this game and I think it has definitely turned out to be a good decision had over 250 yards passing, two touchdowns. He didn't throw a pick. Had a couple of fumbles, but, I mean, he still recovered those. And so, I mean, you can't ask for a better job from a kid in his first college game against a really strong defense, an SEC team. And, I mean, the kids got it. I So we didn't ask him to do a lot, which is fine. We... He did not have to – he did a little improvising. There's one play I'm thinking of in particular that gave me a heart attack. The Matrix play? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) The bullet time pass. The bullet – that's the name. guy's hands. That's it. But, like, he was mobile enough to make things happen, and he made the easy throw 90% of the time, and that's what you want to see from a young quarterback. He wasn't doing too much. He – maybe held on to the ball a little too long um, a couple times. But from a true freshman quarterback, he has, I think, really good instincts. And I think and honestly really valuable going forward. Honestly, I agree that there were times where he seemed to hold on to the ball too long. But especially with a true freshman quarterback, I would rather that they hold on to the ball too long and take a sack than be too jittery with the ball and force it and throw an interception. Because yeah, that's a problem that you see a lot of the time. I would always rather take a sack than an ill-advised throw. David, what did you think of Sam Howell's performance? Uh, I think as I was watching the game, they did like a timer. And at the beginning of the game, he was getting the ball out within like two seconds. Something crazy like that. Like I mean, that's probably a product of Phil Longo's offense and, and trying to get the ball out of his hands. But mm-hmm. also, when he was throwing those fades and those deep routes, I mean, he was really accurate. Even the ones that were dropped should have been caught. I felt like he did a really good job of putting balls where they needed to be, which is a skill that not every quarterback has. So I, it's encouraging to see he's got a good head on his shoulders. He's a tough guy. He looks like he can at least semi-run the ball. He's serviceable running the ball. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like he's Marquise. Like Marquise was like you, you know football Jesus when he ran. Um, but I don't know. I, I I think he is definitely an upgrade over what we had the last couple of years, which is a great thing. So what other like closing thoughts from the game? I mean, someone who we haven't mentioned yet, who I think had a huge game, especially in the fourth quarter is Daz Newsome made some really clutch catches to keep drives alive. And he made that touchdown catch to put us ahead. What about my, my guy with two picks? To... Oh, Bo Corrales had that. Sorry, not Daz, yeah. but Daz was really good. Daz um, caught the matrix to throw. Yes. Daz had five catches, I think. He had five. Uh, he had four receptions for 74 yards. Is it me, me, something Brown, right? Who's the one that Diami had the two Diami Brown. Diami Brown. Diami Brown. What Welcome a catch. Welcome So, I mean, we, got, we have a lot of talent at the wide receiver. I mean, so, and especially with Phil Longo's offense, when, when – let Sam Howell take the reins and sling that thing, it, it produced. And so I'm excited to see what mm-hmm. comes in the coming weeks. South Carolina is a very good team. They're better than a lot of the teams that we're going to play, I mean, in terms of just overall talent. So with weaker defenses, there's a chance we could see some real highlights come in the near future. Now, the game wasn't like sunshines and rainbows. Oh, yes. Many there was mistakes like- were made. Not just mistakes, though, but I was really frustrated with the play calling in the first half, especially in the red zone. The red zone play calling, I think it was like not twelve. No, it wasn't. It was tw- nine runs in a row in the yes. in the red zone. Like and really ultra conservative. Which to me, it looked like they were afraid of letting Sam Howell go a little bit, and I feel like that is. It's not winning football. It feel it felt like they were scared of something dramatic happening earlier, early in the game, which was frustrating to me. And I mean, once you saw them open up the playbook a little bit and you know start playing football, like he did really well. So I think it was, um, I don't know, it was frustrating in the first half. Like I said, they they took the the proverbial handcuffs off. And then it just went full ride. And that's where that M word started to come in. And like I said, the whole crowd, oh my, that crowd, for while it didn't fill the stadium, it was a really awesome crowd to be around. Just being in the crowd. I don't know where you were specifically, Colby, but I was on the corner like of the end zone. Like I literally had the sea of red literally next to me in the section. And then all to the right of me was all of our their Carolina fans. So like no matter what happened, I ha- I got – cheers on on offense or defense basically for that but i mean everybody's rocking everybody was beating the chairs on defense it, like it's a really great atmosphere and we're definitely going to need that for the miami game next week um now it, it, i don't know if we need to get on but i had two more things that i want to add another one we didn't name chas Surratt. uh yeah man this time last year what a game was our was our quarterback this this is game he turns to linebacker and has a really great game. He has twelve tackles. He has he led sack. the team in tackles. Yeah, pass breakup. I mean, this this guy was our quarterback, and his transition to a linebacker in a power five conference, and yet he was one of the best defensive players on the field. Like that speaks volumes. Like Dan Orlovsky was talking about that this morning. 
uh, he shouted him out. I believe it was on Get Up, uh, talking about his performance in the game. Like he looked a lot better in the second. In the first half, he was one of the main people missing tackles. In the second half, it looked like he settled down a little bit. Um, it was able to find holes quickly and was able to um, wrap up and get people down well. Like you said, he, he led the team in tackles. He played, a, a, I mean, as well as he can ask for, for someone who did not expect to be starting this game, or at least wasn't planned to be starting this game when, um, when camp started. Um, mm-hmm. Coming into this game, he played amazing. I think that something that's going to make him really valuable as a defender is – even if he's not the most, even if he's not going to be a prototypical linebacker body, because he's played quarterback for so long, he has the instincts and he knows where things are going to happen a lot of the time. And that's really valuable for a middle linebacker. Yeah. The, the Maverick, you said you had two things. Was that, what was the second thing? The second thing was the post game interview with Mac. Um, I'm getting very emotional at the end of the game. And I just thought it was just so very poignant of him for that. And so you think back when we hired him back in November, I was like, he's too old. Why is he coming back? Look what happened to him in his final years of Texas. And you don't think those thoughts were going through his head too, you know, questioning his own confidence as a coach. Can he still do this? And then, in my mind, I, I hope that he did feel a lot of vindication in a lot of ways with this win. I know he's very humble and he, he wouldn't want the focus to truly be on him. But here he was. He took a team that wasn't expected to do well, that has not been doing well for several years now, and just changed the culture, it seems like. And then mm-hmm. in your first game back, you beat a very solid team. And it looks like there there's so much that can happen from here uh, yeah. potential wise. And so, I mean, I just think it's a beautiful story and, and it's one of his comeback. And I, I, I do hope that makes him feel, but and then even then he still was just happy for the players that they were happy. He's like, when I, when my players are happy, I'm happy. And so it was really, really awesome to hear that from coach. And now that his dancing in the locker room and stuff, it just, <laughs> I mean, you can't, you, you can't help but be a fan of Mac Brown. I will still say I'm watching this Louisville Notre Dame game right now, and I'd still rather have Scott Satterfield, but it is an improvement from last year. So, listen, Notre Dame was debatably worse than us last year, and they are hanging with number nine Notre Dame. I still rather have Satterfield, but I am happy that we have Mac Brown. I think I don't want to read. I mean, I do want to read too much into one game, <laughs> but you? it seems like no. this is the. T- I, I know a hot take from me. Shocker. It seems like this is the type of game that we can look back. We might look back on one day and be like, this was a turning point. I bought a shirt because because it had a date on it. And I'm like, I wanted to buy something to let people know that this was the day that the Mac was truly back. I'm more optimistic about Carolina football today than I. The only time that I've been as optimistic now as I was then was after we beat Florida State three years ago. And you got to think a win like this helps fill seats up in Keenan. Like if we had lost this yeah. game in a bad fashion, you got to think it's going to affect the the outcome of the fans. Now that we have this win, uh, an SEC win under our belt, like you got to think the fans are going to show out. You know, yeah. weather, providing, weather, weather, weather providing 
It should be clear on Saturday. Yeah, it's supposed to be yeah. sunny in 86. Perfect. Keenan is going to be rocking on Saturday. I do have... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. What I was just saying, and we need to be realistic as well, because, again, don't want to read into one game. Win or lose, we need to start filling the seats, because whether you you agree with it or not, I believe we owe it to this team because of what they did this weekend, that they can do it, and they can beat just about anybody. And, and, and it starts with us, Potak, <laughs> <laughs> to be in the stands, to cheer them on, to help them go, because that keeps them motivated as well. Can yeah. I talk about the South Carolina response for a second? Can, can we hold one second before we get there? Because I want to I want to talk to you about that, too. Uh, okay. And I know you have you are spicy on Twitter, bro. I love when you get <laughs> spicy on Twitter. I love spicy Colby. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but what in the hell was that end of the game execution, that victory formation execution? <laughs> I ha- we can't let you can't let that go. Well, so I have one theory on why I have two theories. And I also have what I would have done. So my theory number one is that my optimistic theory is that Mac Brown watched well he has trouble with the snap on Friday night and was afraid of that happening. I think we all know what play I'm referencing. Uh yeah. Um my other theory is just that there was a miscommunication and someone did their math wrong. But it's supposed to be on a play card, isn't it? Like the timing. It should be. In all reality, it was probably a miscommunication, but it didn't come to bite us in the back. What I would have done if I was the head coach is you just, there was 10 seconds left on the clock. If you just snap the ball and run around for 10 seconds and have your offensive linemen all hold the defenders, you're going to run out the clock. You can take a safety and the game's going to be over. I think that's what 24, 22. Well, I think that's what he wanted. He wanted them, him to just run around. I don't know if you want him to take the safety, but he definitely wanted him to at least run around. And uh, he he took an immediate knee. But yeah, okay. So, Kobe, uh, I'm going to call this section uh, The Gang Breaks South Carolina. <laughs> cue, the, cue the It's Always Sunny music. <laughs> Listen, they were crying. They were crying. I heard about that. They, they, were, they were like in the concourse like staring at the tv like water in the eyes wives consoling husbands <laughs> like, <puppy. laughs> like it, it was like yes i was it fuels was me shocked. it fuels me <laughs> and like before the game i don't know so maverick i took the I've learned my lesson and I take the light rail into uptown whenever I go to Bank of America Stadium. Good choice. Yeah. So I um we came up from pr- like the second to last stop on the southern side, so like closer to south like almost South Carolina. So it was entirely almost entirely South Carolina fans on the train on the way to the game. And they were so loud. So like cheering the entire way, all 30 minutes on a train ride. And I told him at the end, I was like, it's easy to start cheering now. We'll see what happens after a game. But it's the, everybody's optimistic right now. And they, they all just looked at me and kind of laughed. And then after the game, it was a lot quieter on the way back to back <laughs> to our car. Just so you know, I paid $40 I, oh, and parked right below the stadium and just walked up. 
I experienced the same thing when we were in Manhattan or when we were in Brooklyn uh, for the ACC tournament when we played Duke. And then we had to ro- we rode the subway back with all of the sad Duke fans. <laughs> it was it was um, it was interesting in day- South Carolina, like sports world is burning at the moment. Like they're one that wanted Jake Bentley benched, but he's good. He broke his foot, I think. So he's going to be out anyway. Yeah, I don't know when he, he did broke that. His foot. So, and they want Will Muschamp fired. They want Ray Tanner, their athletic director, fired. They are just in. I didn't know that we could cause such existential panic, but I think it's hilarious. We broke them. <laughs> we, we literally broke I the told University you. of South Carolina football program. <laughs> and not only that, but, like, you know, fans, like, on Twitter, just, like, you, you said the picture, Colby. Like, the subreddit. For, for for South Carolina was in shambles. Like I looked it up myself, it is in shambles. You look up Gamecocks or or South Carolina on Twitter, it's in shambles. It's so funny. Um, and the change the programs can get as irrational as we can. I don't think we get that irrational though, do we? Like we have a couple, but I, that like I feels like the entire fan base is on fire. They have a change.org petition to bench Jake Bentley. Again, this is before they knew he was hurt. <laughs> yeah, that, seriously. But, it was uh, bad. Yeah, it's very bad. And then to the icing on top of the metaphorical cake was a video of some guy who runs a South Carolina podcast. And he's doing a Periscope live at Bank of America Stadium after the game to get his live reaction to South Carolina losing and as he's just like turning red and like super angry and he's like just fuming I can like hear softly in the background everybody's everything being played (laughs) by the band and it was just it was like the chef's kiss the chef's chef's kiss moment and like I feel like you can hear when the band is like into it and like y'all were having fun Aaron (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. There's, like, right before a hot game, everybody's everything, and then there's, like, holy crap, we just won everybody's everything. And they're very two di- – they're, like, two different songs. It's fantastic. <laughs> and, like, the sun had just, like, finally gone down on the other side of the stadium, so it wasn't unbearably hot anymore. It was – it was just fun. So let's talk about the SEC because they had a, uh, they had a weekend. Um. South Carolina lost to the lowly Tar Heels. Uh, Tennessee lost by eight to Georgia State. Uh, and then Missouri lost to, I forget who Missouri Wyoming. Lost to, lost to Wyoming. And also Ole Miss lost to Memphis. And Ole Miss lost to Memphis, which is debatably not a horrible loss, but still. Well, and also Auburn almost lost to Oregon, which technically, quote-unquote, isn't a bad loss, but... It wouldn't be a bad loss, but still, like that would have been a very, 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 very bad loss for the SEC in the context of the week they've had. In all cases, it was a terrible, no good, very bad day, horrible, very bad day for the SEC. Is the SEC overrated this year, at least? I just, it's like the ACC is the best conference in college football. And has always been the best conference in college football. Let's I'm not get not, crazy, but I like, don't think that's true. But like, <laughs> but I well, I feel like they're like every other conference. 
the top of this the top of the SEC is really good. The Auburns, the Georgias, the the uh, Alabamas, and that's it. And that's it. It's just like the yeah. ACC. The top of the ACC is great. You have Clemson. You have depending on who you ask, Miami. You have I think State. Notre Dame, right? Like you have the best team out of the coastal. Uh, yeah, whoever, whoever they decide to be that year. <laughs> yeah, right. Whoever decides to be the the, the best out of the coastal, um, and then everybody else. Like, I, I think the SEC is just a conference this year instead of like the conference. If that makes any sense. Uh, so, somebody thoughts. made the somebody made the the argument that um, UCF and South Carolina need to switch places. Because UCF deserves it for. <laughs> I guess it just doesn't mean more anymore. Ouchies. Yeah, what does it mean now? <laughs> it means burn everything to the ground. Fire everybody. I, I like I said, I, I liked every single thing. I I embraced the chaos that we caused. It was it was refreshing for us to cause the chaos rather than we're the ones that's freaking out, like in a negative way. But it was a fun game, fun environment. Uh, I'm ready for us to start turning some heads. So we have a great opportunity to do that next week. Carolina takes on Miami at home, 8 o'clock at night. First game in Keaton Stadium selling alcohol. Them White Claws. (laughs) Ain't no laws. (laughs) Oh, God. I can see it now. I do no. have a question. I do have a question for y'all. Are they going to announce like, something though? Like a some prompt? Like are they going to do a gimmick? Just show up. Yeah, <laughs> I'm saying. I, I imagine that I was shocked they haven't done a white out, a blue out, or a blackout for the mm. night game. I don't know. They would announce it. I would say already. So I just imagine it'll be a standard. Can I ask y'all a question though? Yeah. Do y'all yeah. do y'all's expectations change any this year after this win? Yes. What are they? Well, what were they before, and what do they change to? Before they were bowl game hopeful. Now I would say they're bowl game expecting. Okay. I was fully expecting to go into week six zero oh, and five. I, would, I okay. went from three wins to five wins. I saw, I looked at the schedule today and I counted at least five wins. So and then if we shock one more, we admit we're bowl eligible. I think it's so. Looking at the Miami game, Miami uh, lost to Florida week one. They look very similar to how they look last year, where the defense is still like the standout of the of that team. And the offense was struggling, struggling big time. So I think there is opportunity. I think, again, we need to force Miami to make mistakes. And if that happens, Carolina has a chance to pull off an upset. But it's going to be very hard to score against this Miami defense. So our defense is going to have to put our offense in a position to score. It's going to be have to be like the 2015 Panthers where – like every possession they were starting on the other team's 40-yard line. So if we can get something like that going, we have a chance, but it's going to be a tall order. Yeah, I was. I would definitely agree where defense, I would say, is on par with South Carolina's just in terms of sheer talent. 
But again, they're are they not also playing a freshman quarterback? Yes. So I mean, they have similar sort of things there where lack of experience. So I mean, I like Jay Bateman's defense already. Like I am fully on board with that, and so I hope uh, that they can just continue to cause disturbances. Again, we went through the game without some of our star players. We had Patrice Monet that was out for the half. Trey Morrison went out with the what was now been reported as a concussion. So we haven't even seen our defense at full strength. And if we continue to be able to pressure like we have, I think we're going to be in really good shape. Aaron. I think that we're still in the, I don't really know how actually good the team is, but we have a ton of the M word going into this week. Keenan stadium is going to be rocking. And with those two things on our side, anything can happen. If there's anything I believe in less than play-to-play momentum is game-to-game momentum. <laughs> yeah. But I think, uh, I think the fans can be an X factor. I mean, if we – because they said there was less than 500 tickets left. I would not – I'm surprised they haven't reported that they were sold out at this point. I yeah. mean, if, if people bring the noise, I think that can truly be an X factor atmosphere-wise. And we have a chip on our shoulder, so the fans are going to feel confident and they're going to feel rowdy. The players are going to feel confident, and that's only going to make them play better. David. Listen, I mean, I think my views are similar to Aaron for once in my life. Um, Heck yeah. And, like, hesitantly bowl eligible, but now I feel like we have the tools and the confidence to go forward to be eligible for a bowl game. The level of that bowl game, I don't know. But I feel like... A successful season for Mac Brown will be bowl eligible, bowl win. If we do those two things, I mean, I think that's a, a huge success this season. All right. That's UNC football. We are optimistic. It's, like I said, it's never happened on this podcast. We've never been good while we've been recording. So it's an interesting, it's a different tenor, um, but I'm glad that we can be happy. <laughs> All right. Week one is next week for the NFL. I'm not ready. I am not ready, but you know what? It's coming. I asked y'all to look over your team schedule and see if you could come up with a win-loss. Have y'all looked over that? Because if not, I have, and y'all can do it while I talk. I'm doing it right now. Go ahead, Colby. Yeah, go ahead, Colby. And we can just talk about this together, David. So, yeah. for those of you who are newer to the podcast, David and I are Panthers fans. Aaron is a Browns fan. And Maverick is a Titans fan. So, I have the schedule pulled up. I don't know if you do, David. I do. All right. Let's go through this week by week quickly. Sure. Uh, Rams, first game of the season, I just have it as a question mark. Uh, I have it as an L, but... I'll take question mark as well. I this. I mean, the Panthers are in the same kind of position that Carolina football is in, where there's a lot of question marks. So, I mean, I have no idea what the ceiling is. I'm so. fine with. Let me keep tally because I had another uh, envelope that I was writing on that had wins and losses on it, but I left it in my book bag, and I'm not going to go get it. So. <laughs> You're fine. I'll count that as a loss. Um, at home against the Rams. Home against the Buccaneers, I have a win. I have as a dub. Uh, away 
uh, to Arizona, I have as a win. I have as a dub as well. The Texans on the road. I have it as a dub. I'll go I, with you there. But I'll have, I, I have faith. It's going to be a tough game, but I think they can win it. Uh, yeah. Panthers or Jaguars at home, I'll have as a win. I have as a win as well. Bucks on the road, I have as a win. That's wins in London. I do as well. Uh, 49ers on the road. We have a very easy schedule. <laughs> I'm really we do. <laughs> I know, yeah. I, I also have, have that as a win. <laughs> Titans at home. Sorry, Maverick. I have that <laughs> as a win. win. Uh, Packers on the road. I don't know how good the Packers defense is going to be. I have it as a win, personally. Um, yeah, there's always the Aaron Rodgers factor, but low-key, I think he's sort of washed. If we if he ends up kicking our butts that week, you can quote this. But <laughs> I, I still have that as a win. All right, so that's eight and one right now. <laughs> looking a looking a little familiar. It is it is it is an odd year. It is. It, an odd it year. is. Look at you knowing the Panther lore. <laughs> um, Falcons at home. Uh, win. And then Saints on the road isn't it? Loss. <laughs> We're on the same page here. Uh, the Washington at home, I'll have as a win. I have it as a win. However, if it goes like last year, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, on the road with the Falcons, I have as an L. I have as a loss. Seahawks, who knows? That's always every year. That is the toss up. That's the coin flip game. <laughs> I'm going to put it down as an L because there's going to be one weird game where there's an unexplained loss right uh colts on the road uh, dub a couple weeks ago i would have called that a loss now i'm i'm going yeah w saints um saints at home i have that as a loss yeah i think that's fair which was that said 11 and 5 i'll take that i'll take 11 and 5 give me that wild card yeah (laughs) Uh, let's go to Maverick. Okay. <laughs> well, this won't be fun. For week one against the Browns. <laughs> Easy dub. dub for the Browns. Dub Bad. for the Titans. Next week, Colts, I think even still with Andrew Luck retirement, probably an L. Um, Jaguars, I call it, that's a dub. They're kind of easy pickings right now. Yeah. Like I said, we can't have – the AFC South cannot be weaker. Jadavian Clowney just got traded. The Jags suck. And the Colts uh, quarterback retired. So, uh, moving on, we got the Falcons. I would call that a nail. Two and two. Bills, I hope that's a dub. Broncos, dub. Chargers, L. Bucks, dub. Panthers, dub. Ooh. <laughs> Chiefs, we beat them in the playoffs. Oh, so, so now we're bordering delusional. So, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, we beat virtually the same Chiefs team in the playoffs. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, we'll call that a loss. So, what am I? Uh, Jaguars again. We win again. We were two and zero last year against them. Colts. I think this one is our. 
this is actually our away window. I, I think we're going to steal one on the road. We're going to beat them at least once this year. I call we win that one. Raiders, I would say we win that one. Texans will lose. Saints will lose. Texans will lose. So I have one. Two, I count it nine and seven. Seven and nine. I would. That's. I would say that's par for the course for what we've had the last two seasons. So we were nine and seven two years ago. Yeah, seven and nine. Uh, and Aaron, please don't say, don't don't say it. I mean, obviously sixteen and zero. But if I have to pick some games to lose. I'm not going to go game by game, but my prediction is 10 and six plus or minus one. So let's go division by division really quick and just pick a division winner. So AFC East, I think Patriots is easy there. I would agree. I'm really bad at remembering who's in what division. So you're going to have to remind me. Bills, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets. Oh yeah. Patriots. AFC North, Ravens, Bengals, Browns, Steelers. Browns. I'll actually call Browns. Maverick. I'll go Browns. Steelers. Oh, spicy. I think that the team with the next best chance is probably the Ravens. I think the Bengals pretty clearly have next to no chance of winning the division unless something catastrophic happens. I I do do think that it's going to be close between the other three teams, though. I think that's true. I am not sure if the Ravens' offense is good enough. Yeah, that's fair. I think that if the Browns win five games in the division, then it's our division to lose. AFC's- I think that. Uh, sorry, no, it, no, it's just a personal take. AFC South: Texans, Colts, Jaguars, Titans. A week or. Two weeks ago, I would have said the Colts. I'm going I Texans. Think it's Te- I would take the Texans. I say Texans. I'll take the Texans, but I still say Woof. David. Oh, yeah, Texans. I would not be surprised, though, if the Titans can string something together and win this division. Oh, I said I'd, I'd love it. I'll just keep my expectations low for now. <laughs> Uh, and then the AFC West, the Broncos, Chiefs, Chargers, and Raiders. Chargers. I hope if Melvin comes back, I guess that's contingency. I'd like to see the Raiders do it. I would not. I hate John Gruden. I'll go, I'll go Chargers. I'll go with the Chiefs. I think it's going to be the Chiefs, but that's going to be a tight race between the Chargers oh. and the Chiefs. Oh, I forgot. Well, nope, change it, Chiefs. I'm picking the upset. I'm picking the. Ch- I'm picking the Chargers. The Chargers are going to be good. Uh, the AFC East: the Cowboys, Giants, Eagles, and Washington. I'm going with the Eagles. The a- the NFC East is not good this year. <laughs> no, it's not. Yeah, uh, another I'm gonna go Eagles. division. Yeah, I'm going to go Eagles. I'm going Cowboys. If if Zeke comes back, I mean they have a potent offense, and they finally have a really good defense. I mean they they're pretty solid on both ends of the ball. I don't hate it. I'm agreeing with Mav there. 
the NFC North, the Bears, Lions, Packers, and Vikings? I'm going to go Bears. I'm also going Bears. I'm also going Bears. I mean, it's a UNC guy. I'm a UNC guy. I'm going to go for the UNC guy, Bears. I also think the Packers are are a little bit too iffy as far as everything goes right now. Dysfunctional, I would say. Dysfunctional is the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I did not like what the Packers did this offseason. I think it was they made a couple missteps, so we'll see how that goes. Anyway, NFC South, Falcons, Panthers, Saints, Bucks. I'm going to have to go Saints. As much as I hate to say, as much as it hurts, they're a good team. Saints. I'll agree. I'll go Panthers to be nice to y'all. Aw, thank you. <laughs> See, I went for. I said the Browns are going to win the North. I said the Panthers are going to win the NFC South. So, y'all are welcome. Thank you. Hey, I said watch out for the Titans. No, I said I, I'm, I, I'm. I completely appreciate that. I was saying I'm being a supportive friend. <laughs> and then the Cardinals, Rams, Niners, and Seahawks to finish out the West. Rams. Rams. Seahawks. Rams. Watch out. The Seahawks are back to a solid running game, and they are the Panthers West. Who is it? Chris Carson? Yes. Chris Carson. And Rashad Perry. Did I say that right? I think so. When the Seahawks can run the ball, they are very, very good. Wish they'd run it on the goal line. (laughs) All right. Let's answer some questions. And get out of here because I'm sleepy. From a shine house, which chicken salad is the best chicken salad? Aaron. I'm just confused by the question. Which you heard me. Which chicken salad is the best chicken salad? Pass. (laughs) (laughs) Maverick. I don't like chicken salad. David. Uh, it's obviously Caesar. I'm going to say my aunt's chicken salad is the best chicken salad. Moving on. Uh, from at, <laughs> at leave it to me. Best slash worst dancing coaches. Um, the best is Roy. I Roy's feel like got that's a little wiggle to him. He does have a little wiggle to him. He's got he's got some moves in there. Worst, um, I don't know. It's kind of hard. Are I saw Russell active or all time. I don't know because this isn't a coach, but I saw Russell Wilson trying to dance at a ba- at a baseball game, and he made Mac Brown look like he had boobs. <laughs> I remember that time Frank Beamer tried to dance, and it was oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I forgot he, he dabbed like with his forearms. <laughs> Kind of like he was kissing his biceps. He just looked like he was hiding. <laughs> oh, I, I think the crin- the the funniest, slash cringiest part of Max dance this weekend was like the when he did the bow. <laughs> I thought that, and then he went. He was just having a good time. He said it. it I think he. Like, I he, think he deserves more credit for his dancing than he got. There was no music playing. That's that's what he said in his quote. He's like, there was yeah, no exactly. music playing, so I was kind of off guard. 
he got caught boging. Uh, Aaron, do you have anything? I think Mac deserves a lot of credit. No music, first game back, all adrenaline. No music, clap, clear clap, eyes, clap, clap, clear clap. eyes, full hearts. <laughs> Can't lose. No music. <laughs> no music. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's get out of here, y'all. So, if you want to find us, you can do that at tinyurl.com. So, never made varsity. Leave us a five star rating and a review on iTunes. Anything you like or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at NeverMakePod. Thank you to Jake Cochran for our opening music and David Cutter for the music that you're hearing now. And you can hear us talk next week. Bye-bye now. Let's get this work. Bye-bye.